This is IGN. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. This is IGN. Atari VCS Review by Seth Macy. The modern retro Atari VCS was announced with much fanfare when it first hit Indiegogo in May 2018. People were very excited to secure a pre-order for the first new Atari console since the Atari Jaguar in the 1990s. On its official website, the Atari VCS is championed as blending the best of consoles and PCs, but in reality the system is nothing more than a watered-down combination of a console and a PC. It sets out to do some interesting things, but it doesn't do anything unique, and it doesn't do anything well. It definitely doesn't justify its price tag. There are two different versions of the Atari VCS, the Onyx and Black Walnut variants. Black Walnut has a splash of classic wood grain across the front and homage to the original system's 1980s aesthetic. Lots of electronics in the early 1980s had a panel of wood veneer for some reason. It was a different time, but it's a nice retro touch here. I tested an Onyx version which is closer to the Darth Vader Atari 2600 variant and as you can see from the photos on IGN.com, it's an all-black device. The case for the Atari VCS resembles the original in its shape but lacks all the clunky switches and there's obviously no cartridge port. It's also much smaller than the machine to which it pays homage. I quite like the look of the Atari VCS. It's sleek and unassuming, but resembles an original Atari console just enough to get a knowing nod of respect from my retro-addled brain. There are four USB 3.0 ports on the Atari VCS for charging controllers or installing an operating system from a USB stick. I'll get to that later on. Two are on the left and right sides of the front of the Atari VCS, and two more are on the rear of the unit. The two rear ports are side-by-side side and live in harmony with the Ethernet, HDMI, and power ports. Power is supplied by a generic power brick than an internal power supply. I'm not a fan of power bricks. I much prefer when devices hide away their power supplies. It's probably for the best, though, since an internal power supply would increase the size of the case a bit and contribute to heating. Speaking of heating, when I first switched on the Atari VCS with the power button on the back, I was surprised by its fan noise. I wasn't expecting any noise, and instead I got more than any of my other devices, save for my gaming PC. This was on the first startup ever, mind you, and the internal fans were pulling hard. I initially thought the noise would die down, but it never completely goes away. The fans are always running, sometimes quite noticeably, like the sort of fan noise you'd expect in a laptop built five years ago. Not at all impressed by that. Starting up and logging in, you're met with a navigation screen where the VCS apps live. There's a cool Atari VCS companion app you can install on your mobile device that lets you control the system from your smartphone. If you ever used a Roku device and had to replace your lost remote with a Roku app, 
It's pretty similar in functionality. It mimics the functionality of a mouse and keyboard, which is nice because some of the apps require a mouse and keyboard to work at all. I put apps in quotes because some of them aren't actually apps. I was surprised when I went to download the Netflix app and saw its size was measured in kilobytes. Well, it turns out it's not an app at all. It's a symbolic link. When you click on the app from the navigation page of the Atari VCS, you're just opening up the web version of Netflix through the built-in Chrome browser. That's where the mouse and keyboard are required. You can't navigate it at all with a controller other than to hop back to the main menu screen. The Atari VCS Vault contains a decent selection of Atari 2600 and 1980s arcade classics. Some of my favorite old Atari 2600 games are here, like Yar's Revenge. Then there are some weird choices like Basic Math. There are also a lot of sports games. I don't even like playing sports games from two years ago. I definitely don't have any nostalgia for bowling on Atari 2600. Out of over 80 Atari 2600 games included with the VCS, 17 are straight sports games. I didn't count all the racing games, of which there are plenty, but not Grand Prix, the one I wanted most. There are some classics on here, like Missile Command, Adventure, and a couple others, but overall it's a weak selection. The arcade choices are better, with classics like Tempest, Lunar Lander, and Crystal Caverns, but there are only 18 games built in. Navigation of the Atari VCS Vault is simple, with games appearing either as cabinets or cartridge boxes in a carousel presentation. I was surprised at how relatively low-res the boxes are, especially given the VCS champions its 4K capabilities. The gallery mode, which should be a nice touch for those interested in a historical look into the marketing around these old games, is downright awful. Some of the images look like they were lifted from Google Image Search 300 by 400 resolution. Speaking of 4K, don't even bother. You can change the resolution in the settings to 720p, 1080p, or 4K. I don't know why you'd want to experience Atari 2600 Asteroids in 4K, but it's an option. Changing resolution requires a full system restart, which is annoying, and changing it back after you see how poorly it runs also requires a system restart. Seriously, at 4K, everything is choppy and bogged down. The splash screens, navigation menus, all of it chugs along at an annoying rate, and that's just the UI. The Antstream Arcade is an app storefront where you can buy games, most of which are retro aesthetic and not actual retro games. This is different from the vault where the pre-installed classic arcade games are found. This is more akin to Steam or the Google Play Store with modern games available for purchase and download. I really enjoyed Unsung Warriors, a side-scroller with some tight controls and a cool cartoonish style, but you can play that on Steam. In fact, just play it on Steam. If you have a bootable thumb drive with an operating system on it, you can use the Atari VCS's PC mode to turn the device into a tiny functional PC. I don't have a copy of Windows laying around, but I am the annoying guy who uses Linux regularly, so I made a bootable Ubuntu thumb drive and plugged it in. Once I restarted and booted back up from the thumb drive, the Atari VCS was a fairly capable Ubuntu machine. Although with Ubuntu designed to run on just about anything, that's not really surprising. PC mode is one of the features Atari champions for the VCS, and the idea of a $299 PC also running a dedicated retro gaming-themed operating system is pretty enticing to someone who likes to slap Linux onto every possible piece of hardware, like me. However, if you want to run Windows, you'll need to do so from an external HDD as Windows 10 requires at least 20 gigabytes for a standard installation and the VCS comes with 32 gigabytes of flash memory and you can upgrade with an M2 drive for extra storage. Between the cost of an external drive or upgrading the internal one plus the cost of a Windows license, if you were planning to run Windows on the VCS, you're looking at an additional $100.
Given the fact you can get Windows desktops from major retailers for the same price as the VCS, maybe even cheaper, you don't get the Atari OS and its features if you follow that route. Sure. Update. Originally, I was unable to boot the VCS into Linux from a pen drive and recognized this was a problem with my own experience and not widespread. After troubleshooting, I was able to fix the problem. The review has been updated to reflect this change. The verdict. The Atari VCS costs too much and does too little for me to recommend it. Its 4K mode is pretty pointless other than it makes for a nice marketing bullet. The number of built-in games is impressive on paper, but there are far too few games you'd actually want to play, and too many games that didn't age well at all. PC mode is poorly implemented and doesn't make a lot of sense in practice. It would be better to just install 2600 and MAME games to a PC than to install PC software on a glorified emulation machine. If you want a $300 machine to emulate old games, buy an Xbox Series S. At least it comes with a controller for that price. The Atari VCS gets a mediocre 5 out of 10. Spoken Layer Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.